Hey, 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 friends. This is our last interview of 2021, and I could not be more giddy to share it with you. Um, I am completely overwhelmed by God's closeness through the telling of this life, and um, it's just so, so precious, so beautiful, and this is why we do this. This is why we show up. This is why we create space for story, because when we do, when we put ourselves into someone else's life and understand where they've been. And we know so little of what people have gone through, you know, but when we do, it really introduces us to a new level of what life is about and who God is and his character. Um, because he's reflected in each of us. And so this episode has got to be my favorite, um, Sasha is going to tell us all about God's closeness today and how he revealed himself to her through hard, hard things, child abuse, infertility, depression, just she has faced so much and yet pours out grace like I have never heard before. And I'm excited to bring to bring her close, to bring her into your space, and to invite you into a new space of peace, uh, just a, a deep breath of fresh air, and um, a new understanding of who God is. And so I just am praying for you this season. It's exciting to know that God sent Jesus to break through darkness and to meet us, to meet us in the grit, to meet us in the good to meet us in the heart. And uh, we're not walking any of this stuff alone, but we've got a savior, a rescuer who does it, walks with us. And so jump into today's story and uh, just honor Sasha today, but also breathe in God's goodness because it is for you. He is for you. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy show. My name is Riley and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Hi, Sasha. Welcome to the Ash and Ivy show. Thank you. (laughs) Well, so Sasha is in Alaska. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. We already have snow. <laughs> it, it's just, I'm, I um, haven't gotten out much in the world apparently because Alaska just feels completely just so far away and like a whole different life. And I wish we could just sit and talk all about Alaska, but it's 6 a.m. where you are, and this was her idea, not mine, to meet at 6 a.m., <laughs> but I'm amazed and impressed, so welcome, welcome. All right, I'm just going to pray for us and pray for our listeners, and just, um, I'm so excited, so Father, we love you, and we welcome you here into this space, and it's just such a sacred time. We thank you that you... Um, I've just been reading in in Romans how you just know the longings of our heart and you're a heart searcher. You just care so much about the details of who we are. And um, 
those unique giftings that you've put in us. And those, those are things from you. And those are things that we can embrace. And so I just um, treasure Sasha's story. I thank you that there's space for it. And I just, um, I pray for peace in this space. I pray for life. I pray that every listener would feel closer to you and um, invited into more for her life through this time together. And I also just pray that she would give space to her own story, God, that she would um, honor all the details of her story and the longings of her heart and better gifts from you. And, and I just, um, I celebrate you. I celebrate Sasha. And I thank you for this time. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, so yours is a story of overcoming. Yes. I love that. I'm all about the warrior. I'm kind of on a warrior kick right now. And, um, you are certainly a warrior and, um, yours is just this story of taking everything that was meant to crush you and using it for life. And I want to hear all the details about that. <laughs> awesome. I love, I love the way that you explain that because I don't often look at it like in that description. So I'm going to be going back, listening to this podcast, probably over and over and over again, just to have that remembering or that mm-hmm. memory in my heart and, mm-hmm. and on my mind, as I go back and think of these things time and time again. So thank you. <laughs> well, tell us who you are today. Like what is your life? What beauty is filling your life today? And we'll start there and then we'll kind of hear how you got here. Okay. Well, I am Sasha Star Robertson. I'm a wife of 12 years to my best friend. I am a mom to one. Our son came to our family through adoption and we are so blessed to have him. I am an intentional living and purpose coach for moms. I'm a Jesus freak. I, I love Alaska and traveling and the outdoors and natural health. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, kind of me in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And so, um, is this life that you have now kind of what you always hoped for? Is it what you thought it would be? How is it different or than what you expected your life to be? It's far greater than anything I ever dreamed. Truly (laughs) growing up, this is not, um, not the example I had of marriage or of, of motherhood and, um, and how I would parent. And so, so that's a far beautiful story than God had ever wrote. I knew, or than I could have ever wrote, um, (laughs) far more beautiful story that he did write. I, I knew for a long time that I wanted to be a mom, but after years of infertility, that was, I was told that was never going to be a possibility. So we definitely took, um, a less traditional approach to creating family, but I am incredibly blessed by motherhood. So how old is your son? He just turned two last month. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. And did you, did he come into your family yet as a newborn? Yes. Yeah. We got to be there for labor and delivery and it was, uh, it was another incredibly beautiful story. I had made plans and plans and plans throughout our adoption process and they crumbled multiple times, but 
the story of, of our son's birth parents finding out about us and us finding out about them all the way through to today has been beauty. Can you give one example of just where you can tell that God just really covered you and showed up for you? I think one really incredible part of our story is like through the adoption process, we had two separate matches where we were matched with an expectant mom and had had chatted with one of them for several months before that fell through. And it was kind of these crashed expectations and hopes of our future. And then we were matched again with identical twin boys and never had an opportunity to speak with, um, with their mom. And it was the day before we were supposed to fly to, to, you know, go meet them and be there for their birth. Uh, we were told to go home and it was a very, very trying situation. Um, it was a very, dark time in my life for sure, because we had gone through so much to get to that point. And there was a a bunch of financial loss attached to both of these losses of expectation and hope as well. And after all of that, I think it was like a month from the time, um, everything had fallen apart with the twins until we found out how much money we had left to move forward with, or whether we were even going to be able to move forward and say yes to any more, um, cases that we were presented with. And we found out the amount and we were looking at a case and we thought, okay, this one sounds good. And it was the first case that we had said yes to since, since everything had fallen apart before. And we were actually across the country in New Jersey And got a phone call about our son, his birth parents had chosen us and we had one week to get to Arizona and just being there in labor and delivery. We weren't expecting that. That was not part of like the contract that we had signed. Um, And we just really got to become a family with not just him, but also his birth parents in that labor and delivery room, being there with them for 24 hours and getting to, to hold his mom's hand and braid her hair and just all of these beautiful things. We got to visit them multiple times before we left Arizona. And this, it was a far greater story than I ever thought possible. And, and we get to be good friends with them now. And it's just really, really a blessing to our lives to have them be a part of our lives. In addition to him. It's one example. I could talk for hours, I swear, about adoption and about God's goodness <laughs> and my testimony. So I'm, I'm going to try and keep it brief for the sake of time. today. <laughs> well, I'm sure in your own podcast, you've shared a lot of details and we can go listen for more. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you've got me in tears already. That's <laughs> so incredible and beautiful. And I love being able to look back and see just that every detail is cared for. So many details. He's definitely a God, a personal God who pays attention to those far more than I ever thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. The more you look, the more you find too. That's what I find. I mean, just as he says to seek him and that's what he means. I've come to believe wholeheartedly. It's like, I'm here, I'm pursuing you, I'm providing, look for it and find it and enjoy it and be in awe 
you know, how amazing life is. So. Yeah. And every day and like in, in even the smallest moments is, is what I found he's there and he pays attention to some of the most insignificant details. I swear what, what we would perceive as insignificant, or we would think or assume that he is are insignificant to him. You know, (laughs) we're just these lowly little humans really, but a funny story about that. My husband, um, he was doing some kind of it work for our church and he's not an it guy. He did go to school, um, for a short period of time to do some computer networking stuff, but never pursued the certification or anything. And so our church asked him to, to make all the computers talk to each other. And it was a project he was willing to take on. And there was just this one computer that would not like, it would just not fall in line. It was a very disobedient computer. He's like, I don't know what the problem is. And he was getting frustrated. And and I was like, well, have you prayed about it? And he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray God fix this computer make them communicate. And I was like, uh, I wouldn't do it with so much sarcasm. And so he did, he stopped and he said a legitimate prayer and he went back to the room where, where the computer was. And when he went back there, the computer was working. And I was like, see, like he cares about some of the dumbest things. Like, <laughs> so I, actually, I just he just was that. making making your husband look, uh, learn a little lesson there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. There's so many lessons to be learned. I feel like. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, how has marriage been through just all of the infertility and how long had you guys been trying? And, um, I, my husband and I have this unique approach to things where I feel like when it's something that we're both facing, where we feel like it's almost like an attack against both of us or us as a couple, our marriage, we're very quick to band together and like fight that head on as a united front. And so infertility was, was definitely one of those things for us. I remember finding out that, um, that it was basically going to be a miracle if we had ever conceived naturally, uh, it was something that we just grew closer together through and held each other through. Like this is a struggle we're both facing. And initially we found out that like, it's, I guess it's just cheaper to do research on men (laughs) than women can be like a a whole slew of things where men, it's usually like a, a handful of problems. And so we originally found out, um, a lot of the issues had lied with him. He actually has a chromosomal micro deletion where like just a little snip of his line in his chromosome is missing, um, which results in an infertility. And then later found out it was a whole slew of problems with myself, but it was, I think seven years through infertility that we decided to, to move forward with adoption, that, that would be something that we wanted. And we were people who just really have a lot of love to share. And we were pouring all of our love into a dog for quite some time. (laughs) And then she had passed away and we were like, what? She was really like our child. She was spoiled, rotten. And it was really sudden and really tragic um, how we had lost her. And we were like, are we going to get another dog? And I was just like, can we have a human first? (laughs) And so we still don't have a dog, 
hopefully one day because we do love dogs, but it was, um, a few months after our 10 year anniversary that we brought our son home. So quite a bit of time, but I think that's really, in my opinion, kind of the only way to approach infertility. Thankfully the problems do in the end lie with both of us. And I know for a while, my husband really like turned internally on himself. And there was a time where he like tried to push me away because he's like, no, you have this great desire to be a mom. And I don't want to be the one that gets in the way of that and holds you back from that. And there was definitely a period at the beginning where we're like, well, if we can't have kids, like we're just going to live for ourselves. And we had jobs and we had money and we traveled the world and we had nice things and we did everything we wanted to do. But it was kind of like, Uh, Ecclesiastes where it's just like everything is vanity like we we knew that we were meant for more there was space in our hearts in our home for more and there was just this emptiness that I think God left there to call us to make our home and our hearts available for adoption yeah that's that's beautiful it's so interesting to me how God knows or we go through so many of us go through this process. Like we can't know everything that we need to know for what our path is at the beginning. Like we have to go through this up and down and cycle of, of experience before we can go, Oh, this is what I really want. Or this is what you were trying to say, or this is where my heart actually is. I was writing about that yesterday. Like if I had everything that I thought I wanted right away, when I said yes to God in my own story, like, okay, yeah. Okay. I'm ready. And he's like, well, can we start here? Like we might need to grieve a little, we might need to go through this process of healing first before you can pour out into the world. We might need to cycle through a few things and he's just so considerate and in that detail. And I feel like when you're in the hard, when you're like in that season of difficult or like of longing and waiting, it can be like, it's, you're blind to that really. Like a lot of what you were just saying. Yeah. But I feel like it's been such a blessing because when I decided I wanted to be a parent, when my husband agreed, like we can start creating our family now, um, I was still a very broken person. Like I did not know the Lord. I did not have a relationship with him. I had not processed a lot of my childhood trauma. There was so much. And so I look back and I am so incredibly grateful that God did not give me a child when I wanted, because I would have just inflicted this generational trauma on my children. I would have been this broken and angry and bitter and just truly unhealed person. And so when I look back at at that time in my story with him, I can see all these little, it wasn't even just like the, the path that he led me down. It was like all these little like side streets. He's like, well, we're going to go down this little cul-de-sac and learn a lesson and do some healing. And then this other one. And so, I mean, if that paints a picture for anyone, but in the time, man, it was so hard. Like every month I was heartbroken again. Every month I was praying to this fairy tale God that I had, you know, envisioned of who God was from, from culture and, and my upbringing and all these other things. And so I, it's brought me to this point of just ultimately and all things, trusting his plan and being like, okay, what is the lesson I need to learn here? Because obviously I'm coming up against a wall. Like I'm struggling. I'm in this battle. 
like, God, what do you have for me in this season right now? And like, how do I get to the castle? Like where, where's the journey that you'll have me go on to become my best self, like in the process, the one you ultimately created me to be. And so it was a, a 10 year journey to motherhood really for me. And And I'm thankful for every moment of the way and all the things that he taught me and how he transformed my heart and my mind and my soul through that process. And so if that speaks to anyone in the way, like he is so good, even in that, even in that, and especially in that season of waiting, especially in that season. Absolutely. And so what, I mean, when did it shift into personal for you? If it was, I know what you mean when you say you're just praying to this out into the world. Like, I hope something's listening. I hope that works and you're just desperate. And then it's got to shift into this place of him meeting you in that place. What Mm. did that look like for you? Um, I think it, so (laughs) I feel like that's a whole, a whole long story too, but I remember a few, a few parts in particular, when I started to come into relationship with him and like, no, who God was like through what scripture says and listening to sermons and through prayer. I remember a time where my husband, he was sent, um, on a temporary assignment to Hawaii. And this was right after we closed on our home and I had nobody, I was so alone and super lonely. And I remember driving in my car and I was not even two miles from my house and I was crying and I looked over in my passenger seat and I just like, I had this feeling that like Jesus was there. I didn't need any other friends because he was my friend and he was with me and he cared. And that was just a life-changing moment for me. But even still, it was some time after that. And I had to go through another really difficult season after that, where I had kind of lost all of these earthly foundations and earthly identities that I was sitting on. And I came to this revelation (laughs) And with God, where he gave me the opportunity to rebuild on him. And I had kind of made this declaration that I needed to know God and what scripture says about his character in order to trust him, because I realized that I didn't trust him. I thought that he was just going to take everything good and everything that I loved away from me. And so it was kind of going back to the beginning and re establishing that foundation on like, who is God and what is his character in order to be able to love and trust him and seek him and and like want to seek him because a God that you're, you're fearing in a sense of like his wrath, that's not what he has for us when we love him and we seek him, he has goodness for us. And so it was, that was a huge switch for me as well. Oh goodness. I am just, I don't know what is happening here, but I am just a puddle over here today. And (laughs) that's not normal for me, but your story is just making him so close and so real. And, um, it's just so evident and I just love it. I love so much. Um, I know there's a lot to unpack there. Um, and you definitely share what you're willing to share. Um, but if you'd like to, what, what was your belief rooted in originally? Why were you scared of God or why were you having 
a hard time trusting who he was from before. Oh, definitely a lot to unpack here. (laughs) I think, I think a big part of it was, um, definitely rooted in my childhood trauma. So, um, and this is just a guesstimate, a huge, this is what's come up through therapy and (laughs) through discussing with others who were in my life at the time and, um, their observation, but from around about age five until 10, I was sexually abused regularly growing up and around age 10, when, when I had learned like, this is not how this type of relationship dynamic is supposed to go, um, through sex education, funny enough, I, I went to put a a stop to the sexual abuse, which transformed that into emotional and mental abuse and, just a lot of bullying and ganging up on me and, and things like that, that were very difficult to face in, in childhood and early, early adolescent years. And that had really shaped who I was for a very long time, my worldview, my outlook uh, at just relationships in general and not trusting And I think for at least the first half of my marriage, I didn't trust my husband even who, um, I mean, there were reasons there at times, like marriage is definitely not perfect, but, um, a lot of it was rooted in, in that from childhood. And there was also a part, um, a season in my childhood where my family decided to go to the Mormon church and it was a fairly short-lived season, but, uh, it was, you know, we were like one family at church and we were a completely different family, like in our home, our home environment never changed. Like the abuse still continued. And, and so that was like created this untrusting environment. And in the Mormon church, it was very legalistic. And so, um, thankfully the big thing that I remember and take away from there, other than bullying and like rules that are, are kind of unattainable to live up to. And that I didn't see, um, the example set before me, um, the big thing that I remember learning was that Jesus was the son of God who came and died to save us from our sins and, um, and then rose again. And so I'm thankful for that lesson from that season in my life, but I think culture played a huge role in it too. You know, watching all these Disney movies with these fairy godmothers and, granting wishes and things like that. And so I didn't read scripture most of my life. I didn't know the character of God. I didn't know who he was. So it was just this like made up slap together. You know, if God is this supernatural being in the sky, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. what, what better do you have to relate to than fairy Godfather? (laughs) And And then I had, you know, my, my earthly father to compare to as well. And, and there were things there that just caused lack of trust as well through various childhood experiences. And, and so just a lack of trust was a huge part of my upbringing and into adulthood that if I didn't trust anybody else, like, why was I going to trust God? If I didn't have, you know, the example here on earth as a relationship, then of course I wasn't going to. And I feel like that's probably something quite common with people who have, um, you know, just complicated relationships with their fathers. It's difficult to see your heavenly father in a different light, um, until you really lean in and seek him and get to know him for, 
for his character. Yeah. And just be reintroduced to who he is in a real mm-hmm. way and learning him for yourself, you know, through your own story and through your own encounters. And it sounds like your infertility process really was kind of your healing process. Yeah. I mean, that's so, <laughs> uh, what would be the word contrary? Like it, one is such a hard, devastating thing. And yet it is what led you through self-awareness and your healing and your introduction to Jesus. And yeah, it, it definitely not what it played, should have been, but it, it is. It definitely played a huge role. Like in my childhood trauma as well played a huge role. It was through truly a PTSD relapse. Like part of my testimony that I love to share is like God took all of those moments of my childhood and trapped them away in this little box because for, for decades of my life, I didn't accept that that was a reality. It was, it was too accept too difficult to accept. And so I had this natural coping mechanism that any time, and it was rare, any time that those memories would come up, I would just tell myself it's a lie. It's too, it's too ick to be real. So let's just put that away. And, and then it was actually the summer or the winter of 2014 going into 2015, that all of that came to a head. And I had this major PTSD relapse. I was very depressed, anxious, suicidal. And it was also during that time that I started reading scripture and leaning into who God was. And many years later, he painted this picture for me where he kind of waited to open that box that he had locked everything in until I was ready to fall into his arms. And he made sure that none of that stuff was going to overtake me or wreck me until I was ready to fall into his arms and not something else. And so I'm super grateful for his protection and and his hand over my life through all of those difficult seasons, because I, I don't know who I would be today without that. I would still be stuck in lost and addiction and anxiety and anger and all of these other (laughs) poor, like really, really poor fruits that I was living from. Gracious. Oh, who at that time, like, where did you go or who was provided for you in that space that kind of walked with you through that? Was there someone who God provided that kind of introduced you to scripture or invited you or welcomed you in or I had two friends that shared scripture on their Facebook regularly. And I knew that they had faced hardships and difficult situations and they weren't perfect people, but they didn't have waves, like knock them over and make them drown and, and not be able to breathe. Like I, I really felt like in that season and I was like, goodness, if they can do it, like, what is, what is it that's helping them be able Mm -hmm. to do it? And, um, even, even just that subtleness of sharing scripture on their Facebook was an example to me at that time. And so when I went looking for what they had, it was Jesus. And so I started seeking and it was a, it was a slow process, but I started reading scripture and I, I wanted to get to know what it was that they had, but honestly, my, my days like kept getting darker and I grew deeper into depression and, and my aunt encouraged me to go to counseling actually kind of forced my hand. She's a counselor. And 
I was, I was talking very scary to her. So she's like, you need to go or I'm going to make you go. And I found a Christian counselor and started seeing her and, and she was a great guide through that time. Um, I went through EMDR therapy and I just recall a day where she had told me I needed to lay down the guilt and pick up God's grace. And it was that very next Sunday that my husband agreed to go to church with me. And so we just went to the nearest church to our house at the time. It was a mile up the road. We had driven by it all the time. And that Sunday, the pastor was talking about grace and I never heard this word before other than it being a name. (laughs) So it was really, it was a really transformational moment for my life because I could swear there was nobody else in the audience. It was just like God speaking through that pastor directly to me. And again, that really showed me how personal and like intimate God is with each and every one of us. But my husband's really been the one through all of that, through like the suicidal thoughts and depression and like me trying to get him to divorce me because I'm too broken and messed up. And And he was really with me through all of that therapy and committed to loving me even in my ugliest season ever. So I thank God for him as well. Every day. He's great. I am overwhelmed. (laughs) I hope it's the good kind of overwhelmed. I just am overwhelmed with God's goodness. Amen to that. I really am. I was reading in Philippians um, this morning and I was just thinking about your friends and their faithfulness to be real 127. And it just says, whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which reveals him to others. And I guess for me, I receive that as living your life, like not full of perfection and not full of these Christian ideals that like put on this persona or this mask of who we think we're supposed to be, but Jesus is revealed. The gospel is powerful when we are human and we live our humanity out loud and we don't hide it with perfection or these unrealistic expectations that nobody can meet, but God is revealed. His love is revealed when we, when we reveal our humanity and let him be the shining glory, you know, like, and I just feel like your friends did that. You're doing that. And there's so much love in that space. When we Mm -hmm. get to, when we invite other people to be real broken, we're, we come broken, but God makes us whole. And there's just so much freedom in that, in that space. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I'm, I'm one of vulnerability and like, just lay it all out there. You don't need to pull any skeletons out of my closet. I'll share them with you like (laughs) boldly because I know how much God has delivered me from. And before we hit record, we were actually talking about this retreat that I had went to this weekend and I got to share my testimony there and, and quite a few other women as well. And just seeing them open up and vulnerability and reveal their humanity and just the hard and brokenness and and, and sharing those stories, you can see clearly the evidence of God just by who they are in their existence today. And, 
and then allowed so many others to just open up and be vulnerable, even about things that they're going through right now that are really hard. And there were a lot of tears and smiles and joy. And, and we just all grew closer together and knowing each other for who we truly are, but also in knowing God for his goodness and faithfulness over our lives. And it it's truly a beautiful thing. I think when we open up and share and it's, it's contrary to what the world would do. It's like, you know, hide that it's ugly. It's difficult. Nobody wants to sit in that. And it's not this idea of perfection that, that so many want to live up to. And so I agree wholeheartedly with what you shared. Yeah. It feels like our nature, our, our first response is to hide and get smaller, isolate or keep that stuff packed mm-hmm. away. But I mean, half the battle is one when you just bring light to those dark places. I mean, just given women permission to be honest and about, you know, what they've experienced and how they feel, or I just feel like that's more than half the battle. It's just like, Oh yeah. Now that I've gotten it out there, it's kind of like a fight with your husband too. I mean, it all has this God's way of, of, being truthful is important. Like, because you might build something up in your mind as huge and it just grows and grows and grows and it divides you. But when you just say it out loud and you just expose it, then it's like, Oh, that really was not that big, you know, that big of a deal. And it just kind of, um, dissipates the power dissipates. And obviously there are some things that need therapy and bigger attention, but I just feel so strongly about being honest and how much power that holds, you know? Absolutely. Darkness cannot hide from the light is like just what's coming to mind. And I've, I, I talked to a lot of people and, um, I've been mentoring some ladies lately and, and coaching some ladies and it's not like ironic to me that they keep essentially sharing the same story over and over and over again. I'm like, wow, everything you just said, like you hit on five areas that this other lady hit on the other day in her marital struggles or, you know, whatever it is. And I feel like the enemy has us in this idea where it's like, well, I can't tell anybody that because then they'll judge me or they'll think of me or my husband differently. And, and it's like, no, like I've been through all of this in my marriage too. And, you know, it's like, there is so much freedom and, and sharing that. And like so many images are coming to mind right now, but you know, the, the idea that we can truly help each other carry those burdens by sharing them. And it just makes this, this weight lifted off of us and this responsibility, I feel like that we have to like we believe that we have to carry it all. But when we, when we share, there's this quote that I love and and I don't know that it's scripture or not. (laughs) I don't think it is. I've never found it in there or can point you to a place where it is, but um, it talks about joy shared is joy doubled and misery shared is misery halved. And it's just always been a beautiful thing to me to like remember in life in that 
when I am facing something hard by sharing it with another, like, I don't have to carry it alone anymore. And I think that's a a beautiful picture of, of Christ and the gospel as well. Yeah. And the exciting part about that is we're so scared of the resistance, but when we, when we meet it and we're like, all right, let's just knock this out and do the hard thing and say the scary part, then that freedom on the other side brings so much life, so much passion, the use of your gifts, purpose, serving others, like this ability to invite other people into life and do the things that you're curious about and you're longing in your heart for those things are available to you other side of the hard thing. And so it's so fun. I mean, it really is fun. You're almost like, all right, well bring the hard thing. I'm ready. Like I am ready to fight this and, and not let the enemy steal another minute of my voice. Not another minute of my life, like will be wasted because I want what's on the other side and I know it's there. And so it kind of becomes a little bit of a a thrill, you know, it's like God's voice is going to meet me there and I know it. And Mm -hmm. so I don't have to fear that space and just stepping into life that way is so exciting. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness, Sasha, I, um, I know your story was dynamic, but, um, just the sweetness of the Lord through your words has really blessed me. Well, what's coming up in your life? What are you working on right now? I have my coaching business, which is, is just this really beautiful thing. My husband actually asked me the other day, like, are you ever planning on pivoting or just not serving in this capacity? And And I told him, well, when I firmly believe God called me out of it, just as much as I believe he called me into it. And it really, it really was, I believe God spoke the word coaching to me. He told me to offer coaching in a particular um, challenge that I was running about a year and a half ago. And since then has just developed this idea far beyond anything I could imagine. And so um, just serving mothers and knowing, like, I think my unique story through childhood trauma and through infertility and coming into motherhood with this, these just a different set of eyes towards it has given me a gift and motherhood has truly been a catalyst in my life that has made me a better person all the way around. It's brought healing to my life and, it's drawn me closer and more reliant on God than ever. (laughs) And so I just want to help moms, um, women in general, but primarily moms really grasp a hold of this intentionally abundant life that, that Christ has for us, just drawing on the fruit of the spirit and, and being purpose-filled in, um, in how we're living, but also, um, like living on purpose every day, but pursuing the greater purposes that he has for us. And so that's just been this theme and thread that God's been pulling for the last year and a half of my life. And so just continuing to pursue him in that is, is where I am. And it's, it's come into running challenges and and creating almost Bible studies to help moms really live this God first God focused life. I've created this planner to help 
help women pull out these threads and themes like my childhood trauma and infertility and all these things that I've, I've faced and in my life, but seeing like God's greater purpose in that and how I can show up and be a light and serve him and serve the kingdom through my experiences and and my strengths and giftings that he's given me. And, um, and then another thing is leading women through, um, through little retreats just to let, and to remind moms, not just let them know, but to remind them how important it is to have that time to be still and be quiet and retreat and assess where you're at and how you're showing up and how you want to move forward. And if you're honoring God and what you're doing and all that fun stuff. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes, well, I am here for all of that. I'm on your side and cheering for you. I love, I love it. Every single detail. And I'm just, I'm so excited for you and what God's doing through your life. And just that you've taken something really hard, lots of hard things and use them for worship. And I just, nothing delights me more than being like, all right, that's not going to steal from me anymore. We're going to create life with this. And it's beautiful. Absolutely. I just love the way that you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, I really actually intended on talking about motherhood with you. So I am just going to right here, right now, go ahead and say, we have to get back together again, another time and have an episode all about moms and passion and using our gifting. So I would love to, we'll do that again. It's a passion <laughs> of mine to share about. So <laughs> I know. good. Well, thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. And I cannot wait to share every detail. Thank you. Hey friends, real quick, I just wanted to invite you to listen over the next four weeks. Each week, I know you are slammed, but I just have a quick five to 10 minute Advent devotional kind of thing that will just center your heart and your mind on your identity in Christ and what love is and what this season's about. So I hope you'll join in and I'll hope you'll share it. Love you.